You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. Okay, well, welcome to you. My name is Jamin. I'm the lead pastor here at 1208. Uh, and really, uh, the prayer that Marie prayed is so beautiful. That's uh, really a message in and of itself. And we could just kind of dwell there for a long time. It's a beautiful way to face uh, difficulty and strife when it comes our way. Uh, but still, you're going to have to listen to me talk anyway. Sorry. Um, <laughs> We're going to jump into talking about our mission. So if you've been walking on, looking on Facebook, you've seen us talking a little bit about uh, us wanting to catch everyone up to speed with some of the things that we're thinking about of 1208 and mission. And I think this is a great day to talk about because today is Pentecost Sunday. Now, depending on what kind of faith tradition you've grown up in in the church, you've seen Pentecost Sunday focused on different themes. I was in the Pentecostal church for a little bit, and so Pentecost Sunday was a big day there. That's like the day of days even, uh, because that's the day where we recognize the Holy Spirit being sent to Christians, filling us with power to go and do uh, his work, his ministry. Um, But as I've um, grown to look at the Bible in all different kinds of of traditions, uh, one of the ones that I've really grown uh, attached to over the last few years is the understanding of mission seen in Pentecost, which is pretty evident. A lot of us see that pretty, pretty like obviously, uh, but there's a level deeper that it goes. So I'm going to try to say this kind of in a condensed fashion. So if it sounds a little, little like rushed or you have questions, you can talk to me later. You can listen to our podcast. We discuss this a lot in the podcast. Um, but uh, I want to just kind of give you the spark notes behind Pentecost and what it means so that we can see why we do what we do here at 1208. So um, first off, this takes us, takes us back to the Tower of Babel. Okay? So at the Tower of Babel in the Old Testament, uh, these people are building a tower that reaches into the heavens. So a lot of times in your mind, you have like the circular building going way, way high, right? You've seen the pictures online <laughs> of these old artist renderings of a tower in the heavens. But tower in the heavens is actually um, a phrase used in old Mesopotamian ancient literature, not so much to talk about a building that's so high its tops are like reaching into the clouds, but to talk about a building known as a ziggurat. So in Mesopotamian literature, a, a building that had its tops in the heavens was more or less those things that maybe you've seen in like uh, uh, movies, different kinds of movies where there's a stairway that it just, it's like a... It looks like a building that's just stairs, and at the top there's a a little room. You know what I'm talking about? That was what ziggurats were in the ancient world, a building with its tops in the heavens. Not to be like it's so high that it reaches into the clouds, but it's so high that they hoped the gods would come down and walk, like you're close enough to heaven that the gods can just jump into a room and then walk down the stairs. Mm -hmm. That was the idea behind the Tower of Babel. So God sees what they're doing with this tower, and it bugs him, obviously. They, they aren't getting the point. God told them to spread out, to multiply, to fill the earth with his image. Instead, they're set in one place, and now they're trying to build this worship center to the gods. And so God 
decides to change their languages. He decides to um, babble up their languages and spread them out that way. Now, what's interesting is a lot of times we just read about the Tower of Babel in, in the stories where it is in Genesis. But if you go to Deuteronomy 32, the Bible goes a step further and says, when God divided the nations, which is a reference to Babel, uh, when God divided the nations, here, let me read it to you. When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the peoples according to the number of the sons of God. But the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, his allotted heritage. So this is bringing us back to the Tower of Babel. And what Deuteronomy 32 is saying is God had set up some other spiritual beings, as weird and foreign as it sounds to us, because we don't look at Deuteronomy 32 very often, that God had set up some spiritual beings to rule over the nations, but God chose for himself Jacob, which is Abraham, right? And that's what you see. The nations are disinherited, and God goes specifically to Abraham, and he begins to grow a nation out of Abraham. And that nation will one day bless all those other nations that God disinherited. Now, I know it sounds weird, but sons of God, if you're to look at their context throughout all of the Old Testament, the sons of God are spiritual beings. The Jews called them angels. Deuteronomy called them demons. Uh, Paul called them powers and authorities and elements. Um, you, and, uh, you know, the easiest way to look at all those things is spiritual beings of some sort. So Deuteronomy 32 is saying God had delegated authority to other beings he had made. You watch over these nations. I'm going to take care of Abraham. But one day I'm coming back for everyone. Apparently these spiritual beings didn't do their job because uh, as, as we come about to Psalm 82, suddenly we see this in Psalm 82. God has taken his place in the divine council in the midst of the gods, the little g false gods, these spiritual beings. He holds judgment. I said, you are God, son of the most high, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all nations. The psalmist of Psalm 82 was telling us one day those spiritual beings are going to meet their end. And Revelation talks about that in the lake of fire, that these spiritual beings that are corrupt and aren't doing what God called them to do, along with all humans who follow them, will meet their end in Revelation. But Psalm 82 has God saying, you are corrupt spiritual beings, I'm, I'm going to end you, and then I am going to what? Inherit all the nations. So the nations disinherited in Babel, one day are going to be re-inherited. Today's Pentecost Sunday, and this is where the story climaxes at Pentecost. Because all these Christians are gathered. Jesus has ascended into heaven, and these Christians are gathered in a room. They're praying, they're waiting, they're wondering what God is going to do. And suddenly, a mighty wind fills the room, and they begin to speak in other languages. And they burst out the front door, talking to all the nations in their languages, to the point that these people don't know what to do with it, right? They're so weirded out, like, why are they speaking our language perfectly? These are Jews, and they know, like, every language we speak. And, and, and are they drunk? They come to that conclusion, as though they don't know what to do with it. So it's like, are they, are they drunk? That's how illogical we are sometimes when we see weird things. They're speaking perfect other languages. They must be drunk. Doesn't make any sense. But that's, that's the way that they try to process this, you know? But right here, you see God reversing the Tower of Babel. In one scenario, he turns over the nations 
by their languages. And in the New Testament, God does a new thing by giving all those languages to the Christians to burst out the front door and say, God is open for adoption. Leave your false gods. Leave those spiritual beings, those angels, those demons, all of that, and come and be saved by the Most High, by the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God who made the spiritual beings that you fall under, the God who made you in the image of himself. And so Pentecost becomes this huge missional statement. What God once disinherited, he is re-inheriting. And that should speak volumes to us as 1208. Because today we gather on Pentecost Sunday, remembering that every time we speak in tongues, we are not just speaking another language. We are speaking in tongues to remind ourselves of the Great Commission, to go out into all the nations and bring people to Jesus. And so that's what we've tried to do over the last, uh, it hasn't even been a year yet. We launched Dinner Church in September. Uh, We started going to try to multiply, to reach the nations, to reach new audiences, new people that we hadn't reached before. And we saw that big shift. In fact, check this out. This is last year's attendance, okay? So by quarter, first quarter, we brought in 612 people in attendance altogether. Second quarter, 650, so it went up just a little bit. Third quarter, 824, as we were getting ready to launch Dinner Church. And then our fourth quarter, 1,117 people came through here just last winter. Do you remember as we were like preparing for this, we're like, man, I, why isn't it up on the screen? Has it not been up on the screen for a while? You work real hard on these things. Voila, the stats, they have arrived. So we saw that we were able to reach more people by being obedient to God, even though, if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of us, we were just like, this is going to be hard. I was like, this is going to be hard, you know? But we stepped up to it, and, and we gave it a shot, and we've seen God be able to reach more people because we were faithful to him even when things seemed difficult. Now, this year so far, we've averaged about 65 people a week, which is, you know, to be fair, when you have a launch, launches are always bigger, right? And then you kind of figure out where you're at. We're also in a transient community, and we also know we're serving a lot more than 65 people every week because it's 65 different people (laughs) every week. So altogether, we know that we're reaching a, a lot of people. Um, But we know that God's mission is to reach more and to go out and show the masses who God is. And so we continue to do that. And as our board has been talking this year, the people that you elected to say, lead us, give us ideas, listen to the Holy Spirit and and send us forward. uh, We've been talking and we've come to uh, kind of a new missional. Nothing's changed with our vision. We're still here to create space, foster growth, love people. And we do all this because we love God. We're still here to do that. All we're doing is expanding on the how. And so we thought we'd share that with you tonight. I got to be honest, I'm excited, which might be bad because, because it was a lot for me to process at first. And so when you go from like, that's a lot to process to excited, I get in front of you and you're all going to hear Jamin excited. You're like, that's a lot to process, but I'm going to be a little more intense about it because I'm excited. So Uh, Let's go with the flow here. All right, now if you want to learn more about tonight or you have more questions, 
If you go to 1208greenwood.com, click on the publications section, you'll see that top left corner says 1208 Greenwood. That little box says Mission Expansion. There's a PDF there that's a few pages long, artistically designed. You can read through that later tonight to kind of see some of the further details about what we're thinking. But we have a new strategy to continue to multiply. Now, this is one of the biggest themes of our entire conference. We're a free Methodist church here in Jackson, but we're a part of a bunch of other free Methodist churches in the Southern Michigan Conference, which also has a church in Ohio, Indiana, and Canada. But it's still the Southern Michigan Conference. We're figuring that one out still, I think. Uh, But in the Southern Michigan Conference, we have this focus to multiply, to grow, to reach the masses. So uh, all of our churches are being told, look, guys, you need to start envisioning uh, more of the gospel getting out there. In fact, they would love it if every church we had tried to plant a new church every three to five years, which, if you're like me, that was a lot to hear originally. In fact, I remember the day that they announced it, uh, that they were going to try to plant 10, ch- 10 churches in three years, and all of our stats had shown only decline. <laughs> I was like, and not just 12 weight, just like everyone only declined. I was like, three, 10 churches, three years, and we're all experiencing decline. How does that work out? Well, we just started walking in faith, and churches that have been walking in faith in our conference are starting to see God's blessing just, just pour out. And so as I've been processing what the conference is hoping for, which is what Jesus hopes for, because he wills everyone to be saved, the Bible says, I've uh, kind of brought to the board an idea Um, that is probably best understood to say like a conference center of churches. So think of it this way. Uh, We named 1208 Greenwood after the address. It's not a Bible verse, not Matthew 12 verse 8, anything like that. We're just 1208 Greenwood. (laughs) When we were looking for a name, we just called ourselves by the address. It ended up sticking, right? But what I loved about that name was it reminded us the church is people, not a building. 1208 Greenwood is just the place that we meet in to do uh, church together. Church is not this space. Church is you working together. And now, uh, I've been here for eight years or starting my eighth year of starting this week. Now, I think we're taking 1208 Greenwood, that name, to another level to say, we have this building, and a lot of times during the week, it's just empty. It's not doing anything. And we could be using it to really serve God in greater capacities. So what if, and this is the long vision, what if over a number of years we eventually got to the point where we had a different kind of church meeting in this building every day of the week? Can you imagine the impact on the community? Mm -hmm. A different church every single day of the week. Now, they would still be 1208 Greenwood, but 1208 Greenwood would be be comprised of of a few different churches. And we have some ideas in mind, and they've already shown a little bit of of work on them, so I'll talk about those in a bit. But first, let me just do some frequently asked questions, which, since this is the first time I brought it up to you from the stage, no one's frequently asked me anything. But these are what I think is on your mind, okay? First off, what are these churches in regards to 1208? You know, like if you have a church every day of the week, are these all like different churches? Are they different um, denominations or are they just completely independent? They're just using the building. Here's what you have to understand. From, from my perspective, every church that would meet in here is equally 1208. In other words, dinner church, our meeting right now, would simply be one expression 
1208 Greenwood. And the church that meets on Monday night would be a different expression, but still, it's 1208 Greenwood. Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, all the same. All these churches would be different expressions of one community, though that community is going to vary from uh, church to church. Um, another question, what is the vision of these churches? You know, if we start planning a bunch of churches, they, they could do whatever they want. No, they can't, because again, these are 1208 Greenwood churches. The reason we plant these is because of our vision to create space, to foster growth, to love people. And we do all this because we... Right, so if we want to reach more people, we need to create more space. And so each one of these expressions is there to reach a different kind of audience, a a different kind of, of target audience. Therefore, they're born with the same vision. They have the same genetics in them. So they exist to create space, to foster growth, to love people, and to love God. So their vision is the same. How they carry out that vision could be different. How does membership work in something like this? Because, you know, in, in, at least in free Methodist churches, a lot of times you join the free Methodist church if, if that's some, if something you become interested in, to partner with the church in uh, a fuller way. Uh, how would membership work? They would all be 1208 Greenwood members, okay? So if you become a member of Dinner Church, you're not a member of Dinner Church, you're a member of 1208 Greenwood. If you become a member of Monday Night, you would be a member of 1208 Greenwood, which means eventually our board would consist of people from all different expressions of 1208 Greenwood coming together to figure out how to do church in the best possible way. What, what happens to donations? Um, donations would all go to the same place as well. So tithe or donations, anything like that. We're going to have some churches that honestly are going to be bringing in less money, right? And other churches are bringing in a lot more money. But if we're able to pull it all into the same place and have the board just kind of allocate, okay, we feel like funds need to go over here to help this church out, over here, help this church out, that becomes the way in which we can kind of reach all all these things. I know these are just logistics that may not matter to you. I'm just trying to get you to think in unity, but also the, the differences. Here's the question that I asked a lot, okay? Why aren't these just called ministries or small groups or something like that? (laughs) Like, why does it have to be a new church? Because I've gone to different uh, places to hear the way in which they do it. And it it weirded me out at first. I'm like, that just sounds like a small group. Are we just changing the lingo again? Because church loves to change lingo when they're really talking about the same thing all over again. So uh, let let me try to help you understand why these are churches and not just ministries. Um... What qualifies any of these things that we do as a church instead of a ministry of 1208 is, is it reaching new people that otherwise would not have been reached? Dinner church brings in lots of people, but there are also lots of people who aren't going to come to dinner church. So if we were to plant a new church that specifically reached a group that we're currently not reaching, we would qualify that as a church. In fact, that's one of the reasons, like, we won't just plant anything willy-nilly. You have to really kind of make sense of it. Does it make sense to use this to reach another group? Who leads these ministries? Uh, this one I really enjoy. I, I've grown up in church my whole life, and let me tell you, if you're not the pastor, there's just a lot of stuff that you haven't been able to do in church, <laughs> right? And uh, we all appreciate when it's like the pastor's job is to equip the saints, so we give you bulletins to hand out. We've equipped you, right? Like that's, that's the extent of equipping the saints. 
I don't think so. That's a great thing, and we need that. But there's more. There's more for every one of you to serve in, in greater ways. And the pastor is not the guy who just needs to be on the stage all the time. This particular kind of mission to plant new churches, I'm not looking to run these things, okay? <laughs> I, I would be uh, oversight over all of them, but I'm not looking to give myself seven extra days of work, six extra days of work, whatever. I work more than one day a week, just to be clear. But <laughs> I'm not looking to like run a church service every single night of the week. In fact, some of these I'm going to find like I have absolutely no ability to do anything with, to get connected with, and I have to trust on someone else to do it. Now, there are some things where I can totally get myself involved with because it's right up my alley, uh, and so I'll get heavier involved in some. But this is delegation. So we're looking for leaders to take this on. Now, this, uh, this is what I want you to hear. If you ever felt like you were called to ministry, this is one of your ways to start testing that out. Uh, we have an ordination track in the Free Methodist Church in which our church will say, we believe you're called to ministry after we've talked with you. And then our entire conference will say, we believe you're called to ministry. And eventually our bishop will lay hands on you and say, we believe you're called to ministry and we ordain you as a pastor in the Free Methodist Church. That's the direction that ordination works in our particular denomination. But if you're like, I, I feel like I'm called to lead like from a, a high position in one of these churches, but I don't feel called to be a pastor, then we have another position for you. It's called deacon. And deacon is actually much more simple. It's our board saying, you know what? We've tested you. We've talked with you. We believe that deacon is a good position for you to have. And our superintendent will come, lay hands on you, pray for you, and you will become a deacon of 1208. And then we can put you in a, a high leadership position over one of these churches. So those are two ways in which we're looking to develop leaders. But understand this, that's like the top of the top of leaders, okay? You can still lead in these other churches just like you lead in dinner church without being a deacon or anything like that. Okay, final question. Um, what does this change about dinner church? Nothing, really. Um, dinner church is one expression of 1208, and we continue to do that expression. The, the biggest change I think you'd see is that there are going to be some people who feel called to go plant one of these new churches, but they don't feel like they can commit to dinner church and a new church. If you are a deacon or an ordainee or like the lead of one of these churches, we do expect you to be at both dinner church and the church for unity's sake. Uh, every one of our churches are still going to point towards this one hour of Sunday night to say um, a lot of times we get together uh, because we find things that unify us, but on Sunday night, we still invite you all to come together for one big 1208 service where we embrace the diversity of the church in all of its ways. Um, so it might change in that way that all these other churches will feed into this time, and it might change that some are going to feel sent out to just go and be a part of these churches. But as far as like the way that we've been doing things, um, it's not going to like completely change that. So that kind of catches you up to speed on this new missional expansion that we've been talking about. Please understand this is, this is not like uh, we're doing this by next week, you know. <laughs> this is like the long game. Uh, though we do have some ideas already mine, and I want to talk to you about three as we close out here. The first one is called Nerd Church. <laughs> Raise your hands in here if you're a nerd. Yeah, there's a lot more than you thought, right? Now, uh, 
There's a bunch of people in this room who, yes, we get together on Sundays, but we also play video games and pwn noobs the rest of the week long, okay? Uh, and we're up way too late into the night playing video games. Uh, and it's one of the ways in which we found community is built between us and one of the ways in which we believe that we can reach another kind of group that dinner church maybe necessarily wouldn't reach into. A lot of times, not to stereotype, but nerds can be a bit atheistic. Um, they can also be a bit, uh, um, I forgot the other word. I don't know. It's gone. Uh, what? Closed-minded. Sure, I, you could use that. Yeah, either way, um, religion is not usually opinionated. That was the word I was looking for. Um, they could be a bit atheistic or opinionated, and when we got together in this room to talk about, like, can we reach them, we realized, like, that will be a barrier. But we also understand that God's bigger than any barrier that we put up, right? And so we started thinking, what could be some of the ways in which we reach them? And we started seeing that there's already a big community of nerds here in Jackson. Uh, the people who live two doors down from me started Jackson's Megacon XP, which is a comic con in Jackson. Uh, they have their own nerd store downtown. There's a comic book store downtown that Leonard started so many years ago. There was a board game store. I went to the board game store for game night and just all these people in the back playing board games and it was an easy way to plug into them. Uh, I was at the library the other day and I noticed there's a computer room in the basement where I saw them all just beating each other up in video games in there. So like Jackson has a rather large nerd population. I'm not sure dinner church is the route into that. But taking a bunch of nerds who know that kind of lingo and community, there may be a good way to really plug in. And I, I decided to do this little thing to show you like nerds tend to be on the same page together. So I'm gonna put some acronyms on the, on the screen. Nerds, help me out here. The rest of you are gonna be like, I don't understand anything that's going on. Here we go. AFK. PWN. RPG. JRPG. MMO. MMORPG. DLC. XP. PP, GG, NPC, OP. Good. So, you, are you catching on to this? Like, and we're we're not done yet. Now, tell me the definitions of these. Grinding, dungeon crawl, lag. <laughs> Noob. Alt. Alt depends on the game, but you're really your own. <laughs> Aimbot. Oh. Cheers. Loopbox. The worst thing in the world. <laughs> Buff. Uh, positive thing for your character. Nerf. Patch. Rage quit. <laughs> it's quitting with rage, yeah. Sandbox. We're almost done. Smurf. And uh, finally, the Sonic Code. What was that? Up, up, down, down, left, right, A, B. Yeah, so like... That's the Konami Code. Konami Code, excuse me. 
You see, like, this is a different kind of community that we're not currently reaching as evidenced by this silent half of the room and Tylar. <laughs> but we do have a group of 10 or 15 people, some who go to this church and some who don't, who have already said this sounds like a way to reach into the community that we'd be interested in. Now, we're going to be meeting this Wednesday at 6 p.m. at Around the World Shop in Jackson Crossing in the tiny room in the back. If you're interested, join us for that. We'll have a sign-up sheet out on the table there so that you can see that. Uh, two other quick things. Uh, so that one's probably like the most like developed. We've had one meeting and we've talked. It still has a lot to work out. We're not even promising we're going to do it, but it's one of the ways in which we're thinking how to go on mission to continue Pentecost from so long ago to go into the nations and bring people to Christ. One of the other things that we're simply at this point praying for is a church for the Hispanic community. If you don't know, 12 Way Greenwood is founded on the work of Comunidad Agua Viva, as well as the work of Living Water Community, which despite the fact that that's English for Comunidad Agua Viva, those were two separate churches. Comunidad Agua Viva, uh, there are not many members still here from that time, but I've always hoped that God would maybe reignite something to reach back in there, and Leora forces me to have to face that every week. Because when we have our prayer sessions Wednesday morning, she's just constantly, God, would you bring back a Hispanic church? So finally, I was like, yeah, we should pray for that. <laughs> so that's another thing that we're praying for. We don't know a leader at the moment. And this is a good example of how Jamin cannot run these things because Jamin don't know any Spanish, right? <laughs> okay. He apparently doesn't know English either. Um, <laughs> finally, this is another thing that we're working on that creates space and fosters growth in a very literal way. I've just felt really compelled uh, to find a way to house more people in Jackson. You know, we have the Interface Shelter, we have the Aware Shelter, we have other things that do great works throughout Jackson, but we have a strong homeless community. In fact, uh, there was a van that pulled up on our street yesterday that sat in the van all day, slept there all night, and I woke them up this morning telling them we got dinner tonight if they want to come by. Like, that's an example of just the homelessness in Jackson, just sleeping in a van on the street because that's the only place that you can find to go. I know that solving homelessness, giving a home, doesn't necessarily fix the homeless crisis, though. There's a lot of other things that just we need help to work uh, through. So the idea behind empowerment homes is to create literal space for people to live in, but then also uh, throughout the time you're living there, foster growth so that at either the end of that stay, um, you can move into a different place so someone else can move in and grow as well, or something else. Really, there's like very little planned out on that yet. I've read some books. I've talked with some people. Uh, I talked with the mayor who mentioned that he was interested in finding some more ways to help with homelessness as well in Jackson. So like we're just praying into these things, thinking over these things, and finding ways to reach more people for Jesus. That's what it's all about. And so today we give you some examples of, of how we, we look to do that. And I don't know if that's overwhelming or if you can skip all that and just jump to excitement. Um, but uh, these are just the big game, the, the ways that we're thinking to multiply and to reach out. So we welcome you into this process. If any of these three things sound like something you would like to work on, sign up on the sheets out there. Ben can come to the stage. If, uh, if there's anything um, outside of these that comes to your mind as something you'd like to talk more about, talk with me. Let's kind of work through that. 
Um, but this isn't for the sake of numbers or having a big church or anything like that. This is for the sake of reaching people with the gospel. And that requires us to, to get out there and think a bit more broadly. So we welcome you into this. And uh, right now we're going to worship and ask God to come and empower us, just as he did on Pentecost. Empower us for the mission that he calls us to. So uh, we'll have some announcements in a few minutes right before we close out. But right now we're just going to sing a few songs and worship uh, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God of Gods, who is Jesus himself. If you take off, because you can leave whenever you like, uh, grab some cereal on the way out. Please don't leave us with all that cereal. Uh, And if you like some milk, if you leave early, you can grab that too. Otherwise, uh, I'll be up with a few other announcements in a moment but uh, we're going to worship. So would you stand with us?